If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Yo, what's up? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, August 26, 2022. I'm one of your hosts, Blessing Adioye Jr., and I'm joined by the force that is Gary Witta. Good morning, Blessing. How are you? I'm doing pretty good, Gary. How's it going? I'm well. I'm well. It's Friday. Yeah. Uh, I'm not usually here on a Friday, but again, as you as you know now, I'm not on a, on a regular day. I'm just I'm just on when you're desperate. Yeah, you are. You are to fill a vacancy. Our host at large, right? Any, yes. any any day any day Gary can show up. Right, any day it can be Widow Wednesday going. Yeah, forward. I'm just like a I don't know what you call me, like a pinch. I'm not a baseball woman. What am I like a pinch hitter? I just I come in when when you've got someone You're injured like or man. unavailable. Yeah, but, I don't know. Whatever Gary, you call a, it. A, pin, a pinch hitters just as important. They're just are uh, they? You know, they're uh, oh yeah, oh they're coming in for Ex- for a reason because they know well, how it, to hit a thousand, bro. Explain to me what uh, just give me like the very quick understanding of what because I, I I've heard the term, but I, it's like basically you can sub in. A hitter at any point in the game like how does that work uh yeah but i think not to get too technical but like yeah if you let's say gary you're down uh you know five uh to two and you've got uh two to three guys on base it's like the bottom of the ninth you want to bring in a pinch hitter that you know is going to hit like a, a maybe not even a home run but knows how to hit the ball, knows where to land the ball uh, to get a few uh, runs in there. So you can bring that in a, a, yeah, a, a clutch player at, at, at the right time, and they're just as important as everybody else. There's got to be limitations. Sometimes even more you can, important. You know? I mean, there's the whole point of like having the – if your best batter isn't up, you can't – is it fair to say, well, I just want to put my best batter in now? Like, you, Can you just do that at any time? Yeah, but then you have to – if the game continues, then like uh, the person that you replace, I don't think can like be subbed back in. I fr- it's okay. It's a whole thing. Okay, I got it. All right, all right. Well, now, that's interesting. I learned a little bit today. I, I learned some too. I'm, I'm not a baseball person. I used to play uh, one of those MLB, MLB games back in the day on PS2. But since then, I'm not like I'm not hopped into MLB the show. So whenever I hear Barrett talk about baseball, I'm always excited. I'm like, oh, oh, shoot. I get to learn something. I Baseball is probably the American is. sport that I know. I know the basics, but I know that like when you yeah. when, when you get into like pinch hitters and things like that, that's when I start to need an explanation. And, and, and then like I get I, I feel the pressure too because then I feel like I'm not explaining something correctly. And then like my dad from like across the country just like feels something where he's like, my oh, son yeah, has disappointed me today. Yeah, you know. But it's not ne- it's not necessarily again. it's not necessarily your biggest or your best. Like the guy that usually comes up like third or fourth in the lineup, right? After you've got some guys on base and can bat them all in, mm. it's not necessarily your biggest hitter. It's the guy. It's the guy that's the best for that specific situation that you're in, right? Yeah, that makes sense. It, it's it, don't it's disappoint your dad, game. Barrett. It, uh, it's it's it's, it's all not strategy. a chess game. It's a chess game, Gary, and that's why people don't appreciate it. They just want to uh, see home runs over and over again. But it's it's a battle of the minds, blessing. You, you, you know, you love your chess. Are you over talking about the stick Netflix. and ball game? Yeah, chess man. Game? Like Come it's on. it's a it's a it's a baseball is the pitcher's game, and that's why I love it. And people just disregard it because it's not exciting all it's the no time. Soccer. But it's but it's a it's a it's a mental battle. 
constantly back mm-hmm. and forth and you love it because mm-hmm. of the mental battle. It's like chess blessing. It's like just the, watch the, the it, Queen's watch Gambit of the outfield. Exactly. It is, I get it. It, exactly. It's very, it's very slow. And it's, I think it's the American sport that statistically where like the whole time you're at a game, like four hours, it's the game where like for the, the where there's the longest period of time where there's actually nothing going on, right? People are just standing around. Like baseball is like five seconds of action and then two minutes of nothing. Five seconds of action, two minutes of nothing. But right? in that nothing, there's so much strategy and mental <laughs> game happening, Gary. And, and I don't even hear about it. Coming from baseball. the guys who love the game where you just kind of go back and forth on a field okay. kicking that's, a ball. Well, that, All right, that's, bro. Ex- that's exactly the point I was going to make. Cricket and baseball <laughs> are both equally boring. You don't, you cannot criticize cricket and love baseball because they are both as boring as I'm one I'm talking another. about soccer, Gary. I wasn't even talking oh, about soccer. cricket. No, <laughs> soccer, soccer is the game where most of the like most of the time that something is happening they don't stop the clock they keep going this is what this is what drives me this this is what drives me crazy about basketball i'll i'll I'll, like tune into like oh i wonder what's happening in the basketball like playoffs or whatever and there's like and it'll be a it'll be like 101 to 101 because it always ends up i only the last five minutes of the basketball game nearly five minutes worth watching because they'll always be tied up really close five minutes to play and I'll see this five minutes left to play in the last quarter. And I'm like, you know what? I'll come back in half an hour and see what's going on then. Because the last five minutes of a basketball game take like an hour to play. Because the clock is constantly stopping. Like, it drives me nuts. I'm just saying, baseball is a higher brow of sport because there's more mental gymnastic going on. Where, like, it's not just, you know, dangling the keys in front of a baby all the time because there's constantly action, which, uh, you know, can easily, uh, you know, entertain people. I, just, who, I, who I would just like, think on another yes. level, bro. I want to point out the most British thing I think Gary Wood has ever done is ha- hearing an insult about soccer and then immediately jumping to defending cricket. Did you see? <laughs> did, you, did you did you see that they, they did a study recently and they examined like the last ten Super Bowls and like a, a Super Bowl from like kickoff to end lasts like what four hours or whatever it is three four hours and they and they and they took they they had a clock running only during the time that the ball was actually in play like in motion where there was something going on on the field eleven minutes out of four hours. Come on. I'm with you. I'm not a big fan of the sports where timeouts become such a like timeouts and, and, and stopping time because become such a big part of the strategy. Cause I'm like, we're not in the sport anymore. Now we're just like over here, you know, like fucking, you know, calling timeouts or fouling or doing whatever we can do to stop the yeah. time. People yeah. complain about the extra time in soccer and how that doesn't make sense. And I'm like, no, it does make sense because we're not, it's not, a, it, I don't think a sport should be about time, right? It should be about the action. It should be about being involved in what's going on in the actual sport itself, as opposed to getting to the last five minutes and going, oh no, they're ahead. Cool. Let's stop a clock. And th- I, I listen, I like basketball. Uh, I, 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 you know, I'm fine with baseball. I don't hate on baseball, but like, and that's why I prefer soccer, right? That's why soccer is my favorite sport, because it's all action all the time. This is why Blessing, with the occasional aberration, is, I think, the person who is right most of the time on Kind of Funny. Occasional oh, aberration? Yeah. Okay, all right, all right. Let's Thank not you. get too crazy Finally, there. somebody acknowledge- Let's acknowledges. Let's not get too crazy here. Finally. The guy who doubles down on hating on, uh, who do you hate on Bless? Uh, Daft, Daft Punk? Punk? Yeah. I don't, well, I, I don't think I ever said I hate on Daft Punk. Oh, I just no, say, you leaned in. You over, leaned in that well, one stream. <laughs> what well, was the listen. what was and recently there was a game that you were on the wrong side of. I can't remember what it was. Miles it was Morales. Mark no, yeah. No, what, you, I, wait, no, that no can't I be like right. Miles Morales. I just think it's not as great as Spider-Man 2018. That's a whole different conversation. No, there's a bit there was a big game recently that came out that everybody loved. What was it? Was it Elden Ring? Because I love Elden Ring is one of no, the no, no. No, no, no. There was a game that you didn't like, but everyone else does like it. You were like one of the few haters. I'm trying to remember what it was. Was it Batman I... Arkham? No, it was very recently. 
Stray. It was Stray. Stray. You were wrong oh. about Stray. No, I stand by that. I stand no, by that. Kind of, Gary, here's the thing. It's not just Blessing. You know, <laughs> I feel like the rest of Kind of Funny also hates on Stray, which is like, that's well, on we us. Got, okay, we, we got to redefine up. the word hate. We fucked up. Because, like, all we've said is, it's okay. It's an okay video game. Great cat simulator. But, like, you, you, you just said it's cat okay is mid, okay? Things. You said cat is mid, and you heard did a lot I, of feelings. What did I say cat okay? is mid? I love cats. <laughs> Cats, I mean, the last like year and a half actually is I've made more friends who have happened to we all. We get own it. Cats. Greg's a dog I person. You're influenced now. by Greg. Like we get it. Even after oh, the review, Andy was like, "Hey, but I, I should have given it a four out of five. I got bullied I remember, by these other two cat haters. Because I, because after we were playing Stray and I really, I really liked it. I remember asking kind of funny like whoever was on the show that day, like, oh, so what's like the kind of funny consensus? Does everyone like it? And I think it was Barrett. I think you said, like, oh, you know, it's kind of split. Like most people like it. But there's a few that don't. And I said, well, who doesn't like it? And you said Blessing. And I remember going like, really? Blessing doesn't like it? He's usually on point about this kind of stuff. Like, I was surprised that Blessing was on the wrong side no, I just of, think, of that. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I just think it's okay, right? And like, I, and listen, I stand by all the reasoning. I think the game design is fine. I think the story is fine. I like, I, the the world is one that I wouldn't want to get lost in and like talk to all the, the, the different characters and like Oh, really well, I thought the world was fascinating. Really? Yeah, like, really the, the robots? Yeah, that was a very interesting mm -hmm. world. I, the thing I like the most about the game is the presentation, and I think they really nailed the, the cat mechanics. And mm -hmm. I think that's the thing that people love about that game. But I, if if I was to like play that game just as a video game, removed from the cat aspect of it, I'd be like, no, nah, man, I would never play this thing. I think the, the, the saving grace for Stray for me is that the cat stuff is so well done, and that's the reason why I saw it through all the way. See, that, um, the thing is, I don't know if... That's the, like, surface-level stuff of the cat game is, like, it's a cat game. Everything else is what I think is more interesting about that game. Really? I don't I don't think is I, now that I think about it I don't know if it's that I I kind of respect Blessing's opinions and feel like he's more right he's right more often than he's wrong because that is the case or mm -hmm. if it's just a comparative thing because like he's surrounded by so many bad take factories essentially <laughs> it's both these, scary. Bad, Let me these, tell these you. bad, these it's bad both. take generators are kind of funny that like he look he looks good just because of the people that surround him but either way I was you know when when Blessing when Blessing is wrong about something I'm always a little bit disappointed and listen part of me wants to apologize about the Daft Punk situation because, like, I think I, I really did lean into the Daft Punk thing, but that's because you guys poked the bear and people were acting like it was crazy that I didn't know that one Daft Punk song. And this is this is what this is all I've been trying to say about that. It was their first hit single. Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger was their first hit single. No, what? Shut the fuck up, Leslie. Wait, what's what song? Wait, are you talking about the Around the World song? Was that before yes. Harder, Better, Faster? Really? Around yeah, the that's World right. was like the first. Oh, big shit. Hit. I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, that goes. Way I did back. not know that. But anyway, I, I, my point more so about Daft Punk. Is that I I when people got people got mad that I didn't know uh, know that song people were acting like they're fucking Ariana Grande out here or they're Bruno Mars or there's some like huge pop sensation that everybody knows all the singles of I respect that funk I think they do uh, good work but I'm I'm like I'm like they're not fucking on that level right I'm not gonna know every single Daft Punk hit they're Daft Punk <laughs> you know they're not Michael Jackson am I right okay you know what I I get what you mean I get what you're talking about now because I get passionate about it. Do you, wanna, do, you, do you want to? Do you want? Do Okay, I'll, I'll take some of the stress off you, blessing. Do you want to hear oh. my really, really guilty Daft Punk confession? Hit me. Are you familiar with the song by LCD Sound System? Daft Punk is playing at my house. No, Barrett, you must know it. Never listened to LCD Sound System. I'm gonna be honest. Really? Well, there's an LCD Sound System song called Daft Punk is playing at my house, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an absolute banger. When I first heard it, I'd, I had never heard of Daft Punk. And I thought Daft Punk was like a genre of music rather than they were saying, like, the band is playing at my house. And this was like after Daft Punk were a big deal. Like they were, other bands were writing songs about them, basically. Very good song, though. It's on, it's on, a, it's on, um, 
it's on one of the it's on one of the big game soundtracks. It's on like a driving game soundtrack. That's how I first heard it. I think it's on like like a, a burnout game or something. Mm. I really, like really good. Get Lucky is my jam. That's what I'll say. So we're all in the Daft Punk conversation. Gary, enough about Daft Punk. Let's talk about today's stories, which include Xbox and Nintendo respond to PS5's price increase. Amazon isn't buying EA and more because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and week at 10 a.m. live right here on twitch.tv slash Kind of Funny Games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. If you're watching live, you can correct us when we get stuff wrong by going to kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong. If you don't want to watch live, you can watch later on youtube.com slash kindoffunnygames, roosteeth.com, or you can listen later on podcast services around the globe by searching for Kinda Funny Games daily. Remember, you can use that creator code kind of funny on all Epic Store and Epic in-game purchases like Rocket League and Fortnite to help support the channel. To be a part of the show, to patreon.com slash kindoffunnygames or bronze members or above, get to write in. And silver members or above, get the show ad-free with the exclusive daily post show. Housekeeping for you, a new PS I Love You XOXO is up right now. I'm joined by Sancho West to talk all about The Last of Us. Uh, that is up on YouTube.com slash Games and on podcast services around the globe. And then right after this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily, we're doing a subathon marathon stream. Uh, we'll be live all day playing games uh, with y'all, including Fortnite, Mario Party, and more. So stay tuned right here on Twitch.tv slash Games. And for the Patreon kids, we'll be rolling right in from KFGD into uh, that Summathon stream. And so we're skipping Polo Show today uh, so we can keep that going smooth. And then, uh, like Tim's been mentioning all week, next week, Kind of Funny Games Daily will be live on YouTube instead of Twitch as we experiment with a few things. Uh, so be aware and tune in live on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny Games for Kind of Funny Games Daily. And then, of course, if you're one of them TikTok kids out there, I believe as of right now, we're streaming live uh, on TikTok. And so, you know, I'm waving at TikTok right now. What's up, TikTok? How's it going? Do your dances. Thank you to our Patreon producers, Fargo Brady, Guy V, and The Saboteur. Today we're brought to you by MeUndies, but... We'll tell you about that later. For now, let's begin with what is, and forever will be, the Roper Report. It's time for some news. We have five stories today. A baker's dozen. Starting with our number one. Xbox responds to PS5's price increase. This is Matt Kim over at IGN. Following the news that Sony will increase the price of the PlayStation 5 in several markets, Microsoft has confirmed that it is not planning similar moves uh, to adjust the price of the Xbox Series X and S. In a statement to Windows Central, Microsoft confirmed that there are no plans to raise the price of the Xbox Series X or Series S uh, and that the consoles will remain at their current price in the US, UK, and Europe. The statement follows the news from earlier that Sony will be adjusting the price of the PlayStation 5 in Europe, the UK, the Middle East, Africa, Asia, Latin America, and Canada. In a PlayStation blog, the company announced a around $50 price increase for the PS5 and PS5 Digital Edition in numerous markets, citing the global inflation rate and, quote, adverse currency trends, end quote, as the reason. Now, on top of that, Nintendo has also responded. Uh, responded. This comes from Cameron Faulkner over at The Verge. Nintendo's Switch console won't be added to the list of the price-hiked tech uh, products impacted by inflation. The company gave a statement to Eurogamer reiterating what company President Shuntaro Furukawa told shareholders in June, saying it had no plans to increase the trade price of its hardware. Quote, as our president, Mr. Furukawa, stated at the 82nd annual general meeting of shareholders in June, uh, while we cannot comment on pricing strategies, we currently do not have any plans to change the price of our hardware due to inflation or increased procurement costs in each country. 
will determine our, our future pricing strategies uh, through careful and continued deliberations. While the final price to consumers is always determined by retailers, as Mr. F Mr. Furukawa stated, Nintendo has no plans to increase the trade price of its hardware, end quote. Gary, of course, PlayStation, they've increased the price of the PS5 in most major markets, not including mm -hmm. the U.S. Mm -hmm. Now, Xbox and Nintendo are saying that they have no plans of doing that. React. Well, first of all, business going to business. We get that. I, I don't know enough about Sony's financial situation to know whether or not this is absolutely a necessary move off there just being greedy. I'm going to assume, though, just based on my own common sense and what I know about you know capitalism, and major corporations in the 21st century that Sony's merely doing what every major corporation does, which is when times are hard, pass the hardship onto the consumer, right? It, we, we know there are supply chain problems. We know that there are inflationary problems all over the world. We know that, you know, it's things are, things are getting more expensive and times are tough. Every major corporation since the dawn of time, if they're making less money or if things are becoming more expensive, they will 100% of the time always pass the cost onto the consumer rather than eat the cost themselves. Before they let anything threaten how much they like, so many places then, like, we can't make less that you know per unit, like, we've got to keep making the same per unit, but it's now costing more to make each unit. So we either make less, we either make less profit on each unit and keep the price the same, or we pass that cost onto the consumer. So, of course, they've passed the cost onto the consumer. Sony's not different to any other major corporation in that regard mm -hmm. the the only part of it that i find disappointing is that it has reignited you know at a time when we've talked before on kfgd and on the x cast like how nice it is to feel like we're starting to emerge out of the old console war war era into something a bit more inclusive and mature and grown up like you know we're we're, we're out of the, the 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 days of like you know sega does what nintendo don't and all that kind of stuff and you know phil spencer and everyone else talking about you know game you know kumbaya we should all be together and love each other and i want to buy the world of coke and i love that i want to get past the the console war stuff but he was an example where sony basically did something that invited a lot of the old console war rhetoric to come back and you saw a lot of playstation fans immediately taking to to twitter defending them defending them go well you know times are tough for major corporations you know and they've got to make money you know we should we should understand why these big corporations are doing it what what I, I, listen to yourself the, you the work, internet so, is, a, is an insane place do you, work, you, do you work for sony pr like do you understand that this they've done something that hurts you they're up they're, they're taking more money out of your pocket you should be pissed about this why are you defending them it's very very strange and it's a product mm. of tribalism i've talked about it many many times it's it's hardwired into the r complex of our brains from like stone age times like back in the day if you were not part of a tribe if you were wandering around on your own some other tribe would come along and fucking beat you to death with a rock so you better get part of a tribe Right. And so that tribal mindset is hardwired into our brains. And we see it now in, you know, even in our modern day, we find other ways to express tribal culture. What football team do you support? Right. Very, some, some people are very passionate about their sports team or the university they went to or the part of the country, the city or the part of the country or the country they're from. You know, patriotism, right, is essentially is a form of tribalism. I want to feel I feel safer and I feel protected and I feel better because I'm part of a group and we all and we all have the same values and we believe in something together. Mm -hmm. And that's also expressed through the console wars. I bought a PlayStation or I bought an Xbox, therefore I'm a part of that tribe and I need to defend that tribe and I need to justify my decision to have joined this tribe versus that tribe. So you wind up in the ridiculous position 
of being a consumer, defending a major corporation, making anti-consumer moves. It's very, very strange. And I mentioned something about this on Twitter the other day about tribalism, how people will bend themselves into pretzels to defend corporations, even when corporations are doing things that are bad for them because of tribalism. And I had a bunch of people in my Twitter feed essentially proving my point. Oh, well, you know, cor you know corporations got to make money and, you know, you better believe Xbox is going to is going to do this next and, and Nintendo is going to raise the price of the Switch. They're all going to have to do it. Sony's no different. Then five minutes later, Nintendo come out and, and Microsoft come out and say, we're not going to raise the prices. We're going to keep the prices the same. Do you think any of those people came back and apologized to me and said, oh, no, we actually got this wrong. Looks like I should, you know, rethink my rethink my life. Not a, not a not a dicky bird, not a sausage blessing. No, of one course, because they don't care. They all like, went quiet. They people on Twitter only care about winning an argument and like and taking whatever their ideology is, right, and pushing it to the extreme, right, and being part of a club and prop propping up that club, right. And maybe that's for the reason of inherently I want to be part of a tribe. Inherently I, I want to be able to to support a thing, or it, it might it might be the thing of hey, I spent. $500 on my PlayStation, and I want to feel comfortable in my own purchasing decision. I'm going to do that by making other people feel bad about their purchasing decisions, right? Like, it's a it's a jungle out there. I I, I always find it funny where uh, you'll see a, tw a, a tweet from PlayStation that is about, like, nobody saves the world is getting DLC soon. And you and you look, right, it was posted 10 seconds ago. You look at the, at the replies, already people are in there like, Xbox is better. And it's like, where do you people even come from? Where do you get the time to do this? Uh, is it, like... Are you guys making a bunch of spam accounts to do this? Like, and if so, why? You know, what is what is the point? Uh, yeah, there is an inherent immaturity uh, when it comes to the internet console wars, and I even think on the marketing side, right? Uh, the industry has grown up enough to set a lot of that stuff aside in terms of, I would say, the outward uh, showing of it, right? When we talk about the Sega does what Nintendo don't. Right. Or even in 2013, when PlayStation did the video of, hey, here's how you share your game on PlayStation. Right? Some of that stuff is cheeky. Some of that stuff is funny. But I also think that, like, after a while, when does it become immature? When does it become a, all right, we get it. Right. Like video games as a, as a industry as a, uh, and as a platform have kind of grown past that because it's just who gives a fuck. It's just boring. Like, I, I imagine this happens on the other side as well, because no, no side is better than the other here. But like. I literally click on any go go to any Xbox tweet that's posted by Xbox or Game Pass and look at the replies. It will be ninety percent people saying Sony better, PlayStation better, Sony better, PlayStation better. What the what is the fucking point of that? Yeah. How does it, that how does that advance the dialogue or the experience of being a, 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 in in video gaming for anyone at all? It yeah. doesn't. It just keeps us rooted in this stupid factional mindset. Which I get, I, I think it's about, again, like you made a decision, you had to buy one console or the other. Most people don't have the luxury of owning more than one console. Again, we're very privileged here at Kind of Funny. We get all the consoles, we have free codes for all the games. We live in a bubble that's very different from the experience of 99% of gamers that are out there who have to make a decision. I can't afford an Xbox and a PlayStation, so I've got to pick one or the other. Once you've bought it, once you've committed to it, you your mind is going to kick into a mode where you don't you don't want to regret making that decision. Even if the, even if, Something happens on the other side, like, oh, you know, again, my, oh, the price of my console went up or a big exclusive went to the, to the other console. You're still going to find ways to rationalize that not being a big deal or, well, I still made the right decision. And that manifests in this stupid console war stuff that you play, you know, that plays out on Twitter. So as much as Phil Spencer and others can come out and say, we need to get past that. And I appreciate them, you know, trying to be leaders in that regard. I don't know if you're ever going to drag certain elements of the fan base out of that mindset. It's, it's always going to be a, a mm. component of it, unfortunately. Well, I, I think there is there when it comes to the the quote unquote console war stuff, right? I think there is one component of it that is reality, right? And I think it does exist in the business. 
you know, PlayStation and Xbox and Nintendo are, as much as they're in the same industry, right, and there are ways that they can collaborate, they are also uh, oftentimes in opposition to one another. And this is one of those stories where, you know, when PlayStation comes out and they post a blog yesterday and they're like, hey, we are uh, hiking up the price of the PS5 in these major territories, I can easily see the stars in, like, the eyes of people over at Xbox going, oh, this is an opportunity, right? Like, hey, we're going to keep that price the same. And, may, and I'm sure they weren't even planning on, on um, jumping up the price anyway. But I'm sure for them, it's like, cool, this is a great PR beat for us, you know, because we get to come out and go, hey, no, the price of the Xbox isn't going up. And also, we got Xbox Game Pass. You know right? what? Young Yeah, who I think is a great consumer champion on the internet. He has a great YouTube channel. He constantly uh, calls companies to account when they when they do things that are anti-consumer. You've had him here on Kind of Funny. I, I, I like Young Yeah a lot. He made the point yesterday that if Sony was going to do this, they could have. They could have chosen to mitigate it somewhat by by increasing the value of what you were getting. Very simply by saying, like, here is some free digital goods. Like, for example, yes, the price has gone up by 50 bucks, but we're going to give you 100 bucks or at least 50 bucks worth of, like, digital game coupons or PlayStation Plus Extra or something so that even though the price has gone up, you're getting the same or actually better value. And the digital goods don't cost them anything, right? It's just a code. And so oh, yeah. they could have chosen to do that. They chose not. And it could have been a, a PR beat for uh, PlayStation Plus Premium, right? The new PlayStation Plus rollout. Right. And then coming out and going, hey, like, we are, we're hiking up the price, but now with every PS5, you're getting three months, six months of PlayStation Plus Premium. That way people check it out and hopefully stick with it if everything goes the way they'd want it to go. I think that would at least mitigate, you know, things a bit, right? If they're able, able to come out and go, hey, you're also getting uh this one playstation game for free right we're including returnal or we're, we're including miles morales or something that they have the right. freedom to be able to include right. in that way i think that would right. go a long way into mitigating it and i do think that the, it's as a prb it's been a terrible prb in terms I, of i mean it's a massive the they, price i i don't know if you know right again i think we're past the point where xbox would would capitalize on this by doing their own version you know again like it was fun back in the day right when they when they would riff each other we because we had adam boys on the show just you know just last week on xcast and he was the guy that did the here's how you share a game on playstation and it was funny and it was good natured and here's i mean that was an open goal right if you remember the xbox what that was in relation to was the xbox one launch where originally the plan was there were going to be all these ridiculous restrictions on how you could share even physical copies of the game that you had bought and it was absurd and it was an open goal, and Sony taps the ball into the goal by kind of making that joke, and Xbox were forced to reverse their policy because aside from the video, there was like massive outrage. People weren't going to stand for it, and rightly so. Um, but we're, I think we're past the point now where, for example, Xbox or Nintendo, who has always stayed above the fray, would, would do something like, you know, they wouldn't even do a tweet saying, just so you know, Xbox is the same price. Like, they wouldn't double down on this. No. It's an open goal, but, like, Sony have shot themselves in the foot. Like, you know, never interrupt your enemy when they're making a mistake. Just sit by and let them do it. Like, this is a big, this again, this is a big PR win and an actual win for uh, Xbox and to a lesser extent Nintendo, which is like I think less of a like for like comparison. But like, assume I, I don't think there's going to be. But assuming people are going to the stores this holiday and they're fifty fifty on getting a Series X or a uh, a PlayStation Five, and both are in stock, and it's like a coin flip. Maybe that fifty dollar difference is what makes the difference for some people. I don't know. I mean, I, I think the the value argument is the most uh, interesting one in terms of what the long term implications of this and what we've seen from both PlayStation and Xbox from the last few years uh, is going and has been right. Where if I was a parent and I was buying my child a console uh, and 
value is coming into play. And of course, like I'm a parent in the US, but let's say theoretically I'm a parent in some in any other major ter- territory. If I go to the store and I see this more expensive PS5, right? And I and I see that versus an Xbox Series S. And I'm also talking to a sales representative who's like, hey, yeah, and if you pay this much a year, if you pay $1, right, starting off for Xbox Game Pass or Game Pass Ultimate, you also get access to all these different games that, that you then don't have to buy for your child. Right. I could easily see the argument of, oh, yeah, for sure I'm getting an Xbox. Are you, You're telling me that if I want to get the best games on the PlayStation console for my kid, I have to pay $70 for these things? Whereas I can just get, I can pay one dollar and have all of this for my. Oh yeah, for sure I'm getting an Xbox. Um, I think there could be long term implications of where this goes, what that does for numbers, and Xbox maybe gaining some of that ground uh, right now in that sales race versus I PlayStation. Mean, I th- I think that was true even before this PlayStation price rise. We've talked about it a lot on the X Cast. That and again, you know, we're Xbox enthusiasts over there. But I, I think you know that I I'm not one or the again. I personally prefer the xbox but i also have a playstation 5 and i enjoy that a lot and i'll give sony a lot of credit i think they have the better controller i think they have, they do have better first party exclusives i think mm-hmm. they have better story experiences so you know there's good there's good stuff on both sides i'm really not like pitching my flag in one thing or the other but the but the real winner here all the way along and i think this was the genius i when when xbox first announced the series s i along with a lot of other people were like what's the point of this thing I totally get it now. It, re- oh, it yeah. really, it, it's the, it, I've said it before, it is the best console for most people. If you're a high-end enthusiast, you are going to be looking at the X and the S and the $50 and Game Pass versus PlayStation Plus Premium, whatever. But if, you've got, if, you, if you're just looking for a good games console and you don't care about like super high-end performance or whatever, Xbox Series S, when you throw Game Pass on top of that, absolutely the best value in gaming, the best console for most people. And I think that is mm-hmm. going to continue to be the standard bearer for them going on. Um, anyway, yeah. we're, kind of, we're kind of getting off the point now. Big big PR mistake for Sony. They obviously felt the need to do it because they've got to you know, protect their shareholders and all that kind of stuff. Again, the, the, the part of it that was sad for me was seeing all the usual suspects coming out of their, 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 their bedrooms uh, and their basements to say, well, you know, Sony uh, are justified in doing this. Like, they're fucking you over. They're slapping you in the face and you're saying thank you. Like, how far have we fallen in terms of the way that we view these corporations? It's a bit sad, but I, I and I and I don't think it's ever going to change, but it is what it is. It's human yeah. nature. One more thing I, I want to pull in for this, right? Ultra Rain in chat uh, says, blessing is speaking truth, but I think the only major factor is games. Where the, where the games are will be where the players are. And Ultra Rain, I think that might be true for you and me. Right, like if right now if I have to go and buy a console and I only had one choice, I personally would get a PlayStation Five because I'm a fan of the games and I'm a fan of the platform. Mm-hmm. But I that's not the case for a lot of people out there, right? For a lot of people, value is where it's at, right? That like people not not everybody has the disposable income to spend on anything they want, right? And so if the choice is between getting a PS Five and buying these first party games for seventy dollars, all this stuff, right? Or you know, maybe you already have a Samsung smart TV and you can stream Xbox Game Pass there for just $1 without even having to buy a console. Yeah, I can see the argument of, no, just do that there, right? Or go buy the cheaper Xbox Series S console, right? Or right. Uh, find the ways in which you can save money and play the more games for cheaper. That's going to be a big factor for a lot of people. And that's what I think Xbox is banking on uh, when it comes to all these little moves that they've been making uh, to, ma- to try and make their platform more viable. Uh, and so again, I'm really curious to see how this reflects in the next 
I'll say five years and where we're, how we're talking about both I, Xbox and PlayStation. I would be interested to know some of the thinking behind why this didn't affect the US. I didn't, there may be like global economic issues, currency exchange rates, things that are beyond my ability to understand why they kind of ring fenced the US. Maybe they thought there'd be more blowback. Maybe they are willing to take a hit in the US and in other territories. I don't know. It's very interesting, but it's entirely possible that if the economic situation doesn't get much better or the supply chain situation doesn't get much better in the next year, and it very well may not, if if that if the other shoe drops and we see the PlayStation price rise in the U.S. as well. Well, Gary, I want to keep talking about big business with story number two as you talk about Amazon and how they're not acquiring EA. But before we get there, I want to, I want to tell the audience about patreon.com slash games where you can go and get the show ad free. And speaking of ads, let us tell you about our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Me Undies. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes. I love Me Undies. It is very rare, if ever, that you'll see me not wearing Me Undies head to toe. I'm wearing the Me Undies shirt. I'm wearing the Me Undies lounge shorts. I'm wearing the Me Undies socks. I'm wearing the Me Undies undies. Of course I am. Everyone knows Me Undies for their super soft undies and comfy bralettes. But did you know that they make other stuff too? They have daily tees, shorts, rompers that add a little silky softness to your everyday. They even make hoodies for your dog you know the toretto and moose be rocking those as well meundies is your destination for all things soft and sustainable for any first time purchasers you get 20 percent off plus free shipping and returns to get 20 percent off your first order free shipping and 100 satisfaction guarantee go to meundies.com slash kind of funny that's meundies.com slash kind of funny you're not gonna regret it you're gonna love meundies just like i do meundies.com slash kind of funny Story number two, Amazon isn't acquiring EA. This comes from Ryan Dinsdale at IGN. Video game industry media was sent into a tailspin earlier today after USA Today report uh, claimed Amazon was planning to make an offer to purchase publishing giant EA. Conflicting reports have now emerged from CNBC, however, uh, that say there are no acquisition plans in place. USA Today's report arrived from Swedish Swedish press agency, Good Luck Have Fun, who claimed its sources were aware of an imminent formal offer from Amazon to acquire EA. Not long after, however, CNBC anchor David uh, Faber uh, said on air that there are currently no plans from Amazon to acquire EA. Quote, I have talked to some people who would actually know if there was something going on, and uh, they say there's nothing going on, Faber said. Quote, these are people who would be involved, end quote. EA shares had climbed 15% in pre-market trading uh, following the USA Today report, but have since lowered, uh, and at the time of writing, are up around 6%. Gary, did you keep up with the story as it was happening this morning? I did. So I tend to wake up like 5 o'clock in the morning every morning because we have a we have a 10-month-old and she wakes us up. Um, and I was scrolling through you know, my, my phone kind of bleary-eyed, and I saw it, and I was like, oh, wow. Um, and my first reaction was... Well, why not? Sure, of course. I didn't even blink because, as I've said before on the show, when we, we you know, when Xbox um, bought uh, Bethesda and Activision and Sony bought Bungie and you know mm. Embracer groups out there buying everybody, I, I said I've said before, like this is the thin end of the wedge. You're just going to see more and more of this, more consolidation, more of the of the handful of major major companies gobbling up more of the kind of the you know not just small companies but actually other very other big companies. Like you usually think of like EA being the company that buys other companies. Now you know they're potentially the one getting bought out by the by the you know the very very you know kind of s tier you know the amazons the googles the apples you know the you know the 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 big mega companies the ones that can buy pretty much anybody and i was ready i was ready to on its face i was ready to believe it i was like sure why not that's the world we live in now like even you know yeah. activision gets bought why not ea 
And then, you know, of course, five minutes later, it all came tumbling down. CNBC came down uh, on it. And then even USA Today, which what happened here, Blessing, as I'm sure you know, mm -hmm. is it went out with kind of a USA Today byline, right? So some people gave it some legitimacy because USA, USA Today is a legitimate mainstream news outlet. But what it's, it's a, there's a similar problem with Forbes. This happens all the time. So USA Today also is kind of a content mill for, you know, other places to publish through their through their byline. And sometimes, sometimes you'll see a story that seems like it came from Forbes, but it's actually some, who knows, they've got some kind of agreement with Forbes where they can publish stuff to the Forbes site, but it's not been vetted mm -hmm. the, the way that like an actual Forbes or a Bloomberg or a USA Today story would be. And so it went back and forth, right? Good luck, have fun, put out the story through USA Today and then get some legitimacy because of the USA Today byline. CNBC, which is also a legitimate news outlet, comes out and says, no, that's not true. So for like five minutes, we're all going, but USA Today, USA Today says this, CNBC says that. I guess we'll find out soon enough. And yeah. then USA Today, to their credit, stepped in and said, this was not a USA Today story. This came in through one of our affiliates or whatever, and it did not. They they actually really kind of you know went you know took yeah you know, I can, GLHF I out out back and shot them. They said this did not you know comport to our editorial standards. Um, yeah, and, I have, know, it, I have it right here. Right, Good, uh, Jeff Keeley tweeted out this morning. Right, the the screenshot of the article, the editor's note from the article, where yeah, GLHF is the is the affiliate, uh, and they added to their article an update saying earlier today, GL, GLHF, uh, a gaming slash esports outlet and content partner for uh, of for the win, uh, ran a version of the story on our website that violated our editorial standards regarding the use of unnamed and unvetted sources. We have updated this story, uh, and so yeah, there's confirmation from USA Today themselves that like oh sorry our bad <laughs> like that's not we, yeah they, they fucked up on our end i don't know i don't know why usa today and forbes and i think bloomberg either does this or used to do it as well but essentially you can just kind of use it as a blogging platform and it creates this kind of confusion where an outlet like glfh glhf yeah good luck have fun like, mm. who the fuck's ever heard of it? if they publish something you just go ah like unvetted unsourced you know just you know, file it under you know internet bullshit rumor the reason why it got traction is because he had USA Today at the front of the URL. So people give it legitimacy because that's a, that's a legit outlet. And this has happened before with Forbes. And I really think that USA Today and Forbes and these other outlets that allow themselves to be used as these kind of blogging platforms need to take a closer look on that because it reflects poorly on them, right? A lot of people are going to come away from this not looking at the, you know, the full history of it and going, oh, USA Today published a, a story that turned out to be bullshit. That reflects poorly on USA Today. So I don't know why they allow it. Yeah, I want to bring in a question from Jake Bakes Cakes, who writes in a patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like you can and says, good morning, bless and Gary. Amazon is going to buy EA. Oh, never mind. No, they aren't. If this was to happen, what are your concerns? I don't think Amazon serves as a great steward of video games when compared to PlayStation or Microsoft, but it's hard for me to think of what noticeable negative change comes from this besides more consolidation. Thanks for all you do and hope you, ha you have a great weekend. Uh, for me, I think one of the more surprising things about the the, the new story originally was how believable believable that's, it was. Yeah, that's exactly my point. Yeah. Like, yeah. like back in the day, if this had happened even a few years ago, this would have been story number one, even just as a rumor. It would have been, yeah. oh my God, what is that? Seismic changes in the games industry. EA, one of the biggest companies historically from like the early days of gaming. And, you know, like you consider them like an, a top tier company. Yeah. Oh, dude, then, everybody knows EA, right? Oh my EA God, Sports be, is, it's in the game. Oh my God, like we'd, we'd be rending our garments and, and, and going, oh my God, what is going on? But when I saw this this morning, I, like I think most people just kind of went, sure, why not? Like that's the world we live in now. And I think that's the story. Is that we all just like it's oh, yeah. so, we still consider it a big story, but we all just kind of shrugged and went, yeah, okay, why not? That's 
That's I mean, what that's, happens now. That's what the space is, right? Now, with video games, where everybody's getting uh, acquired, everybody's merging with everybody, right? We were talking about it earlier this week with me and Tim, and BNI Namco put out um, a statement, or it was they're in an interview, one of their higher ups, and they were talking about how BNI Namco has to think about when they are approaching a developer to work on a game that's going to be published by Bandai, Bandai now has to think about IP more deeply, right? And they have to think about how they're going to keep those connections going forward. Because guess what? You know, From Software develops Elden Ring, Bandai publishes it. If From Software gets acquired by somebody else, right? Or somehow they get taken off the market, what does that do for Bandai Namco and the Elden Ring uh, franchise going forward, right? Especially right. with how profitable that IP is now. Uh, that is the thing that a lot, that, <clears throat> that the whole industry has to deal with. And you're seeing movement go in so many different ways where people are now leaving studios to start studios, right? People are worried about third party falling away as like smaller third-party outlets are coming up right the whole studio the whole industry is shifting uh in very fascinating ways and yeah when i hear oh yeah amazon could acquire ea i'm like well yeah i mean amazon wants to get into gaming they've been trying to get into gaming they have amazon luna they have all this all, uh, all this stuff going on and they have the money to spend yeah that's not crazy i mean it, uh, yeah, it makes a very believable story because it fits yeah. the pattern of the direction the industry's been going into it is one of the few companies that that could do it. I mean, how many companies are there in the world that could buy EA? Microsoft, uh, Apple, Google, yeah. uh, Amazon, I, I, Embracer, maybe. For, 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 I yeah. mean, why not? There's only a handful of companies that can do it. So you go, yeah, like all the pieces fit. There's nothing fundamentally unbelievable about this story, either, either both on its own merits and as part of the wider industry trend that we're seeing. It may end up being very, it might not be true today, but amazon might buy ea down the road or maybe another company will who knows but this is get used to it because this is the world we're living in more and more consolidation more and more companies ultimately owned by fewer and fewer big ones at the top okay. Disney, there's another company that could buy ea Oh my God, that'd be wild. Yeah. <laughs> Mickey Mouse and FIFA. Uh, let's continue the big business talk with story number three. Uh, Warner Brothers shakeups seemingly haven't affected WB games. This is Cat Bailey at IGN. It's been a rough time for Warner Brothers Discovery, which has dealt with delays and cancellations amid the fallout from its merger, but at least one division appears to still be doing well. In a new interview with Axios Gaming, Warner Brothers Interactive Entertainment Chief David Haddad uh, touted the division's recent successes, which include LEGO Star Wars The Skywalker Saga and Multiverses. Both games have managed to sell tens of millions of units while garnering solid reviews. According to Haddad, the division is profitable and does not uh, look likely to suffer the sort of uh, layoffs and cancellations that have impacted other parts of WB Discovery. Quote, I do believe, especially moving forward, that we have a critically important role to play inside the company, Haddad said. According to Haddad, WB Discovery has expressed, quote, a strong belief in the growth of the games business and being part of that overall company strategy, end quote. This would seem to temporarily put, uh, put to rest rumors that studios within WB Games, which include the likes of NetherRealm and Rocksteady, were for sale following WB Discovery's merger. Amidst cancellations of films like Batgirl and WB yanking shows off of HBO Max, WB Games continues to move ahead with multiple high-profile projects, including Hogwarts Legacy, Wonder Woman, and Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League. Uh, so, Gary, it seems like WB Games is doing well. Yeah, I'd be very worried, though, if I was working anywhere in the Warner Brothers empire right now, because, again, like the, the new people at the top, you know, it's, it's not been... It's not been good for anyone. We've seen all the negative headlines, you know, Batgirl and all of these HBO uh, Max shows getting getting pulled uh, off of off of the service, you know, for purely, um, you know, economic uh, reasons. And you know, as as a creator, I you know, I'm, I'm sympathetic to it. It's heartbreaking to you know shows that animators who have been working on shows for years, like their shows just disappeared. And because mm -hmm. we live in this like 100% streaming 
uh, marketplace now. There often aren't Blu-rays or physical copies to fall back on. I, I it was, it was um, I heard something from a, a filmmaker the other day who was talking about how they had, they have a show on Apple and they had to beg Apple to give them like a physical Blu-ray of their show because if their show ever got pu- got pulled off of Apple, like they even the filmmaker, mm-hmm. even the person who made the show wouldn't wouldn't have a copy of it anymore, right? And so it's it's very as much as I, I talk about how I'm happy not to have physical media anymore and I like streaming and I like you know just owning things digitally because it's convenient this is the dark side I acknowledge there is also a very scary dark side of it and we're seeing it right now it's terrifying and if I worked at Warner Brothers games I mean look I mean look at what happened with um remember Xbox this is kind of in reverse but remember what happened with Xbox Studios where they started like that whole TV studio and they Xbox was going to make TV shows and movies and it was a whole big thing as part of that that, that new media strategy that they had. This was around the time of the Xbox One launch, and then and then Satya Nadella came in. You know, the new CEO came in and said, "I don't do any of this," and he, he just shut it down, right? And the Xbox mm-hmm. Studios, poof, gone. And a lot of people that had shows set up there, like those, those projects, just vanished overnight. And it only takes, like you know, who knows? Like David Zaslav comes into Warner Brothers tomorrow and looks at it and goes, "Why are we making video games? I don't want to do that." Shut it down. Like that could happen. I I if I if I worked at any part of the Warner Brothers empire right now, I'd be, I, I would be terrified because, you know, they're just going around like shooting things in the head, just you know, seemingly on a whim. And it's very, very yeah. scary. Even, yeah, like even the- something like Warner Brothers, the, the games where the games are good, they're seemingly making money. They've got, you know, successful projects right now. I don't, I don't think it matters if at the end of the day, the spreadsheet says, you know what, you'll make more money. If you, you'll get a better tax right. If you just shut this down, they're going to do it. Yeah. So, it- I'm 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 right there with you in terms of there's no such thing as 100% safe, right? Like any anybody can no. get it at any time, especially under Warner, Warner Brothers currently. Uh, in a way, this this reminds me of the way that we would talk about Ubisoft uh, toward like the middle of the PS4 generation when they're, they're trying to get bought out by Vivendi, or they're trying to uh, let me rephrase that, like stave off uh, Vivendi trying to buy them out, right? It was Ubisoft going. Oh shit, we gotta put out bangers. We gotta announce bangers beyond good and evil two coming someday, right? Like, what are all the things we can do to try and um, uh, avoid uh, you know, this t- this takeover? And they were able to do it, right? WB games as a as a publisher, uh, as a games publisher, I feel like we we underrate them a little bit. You know, you look through studio by studio, and they got some banger studios were, uh, working over there, right? Of course, they got Av- Avalanche. They got Monolith, who's done great work. They got NetherRealm, who puts out some of the highest-selling fighting games uh, uh, in the industry. They got Rocksteady, who's known for greatness, right? They got uh, TT Games working on the, the Lego stuff. WB Games Montreal, and the list goes on. Absolutely. Um, that's a would... banger lineup right there. And I and think if not... anybody can stave off, like, getting chopped up and sold to different companies i think wb games uh, is one of those ones i was talking to someone in the film business the other day about this where they were they, they were in business with with warner brothers doing a movie but there could also be a video game component and they said oh but like i guess warner brothers got a, got a games has got a games division but like what do they know about games i was like well actually they, they the warner brothers games is legit and they make a ton yeah. of great games and it would be a great fit so like it, not everyone really understands that but yeah warner brothers it, it's weird because like there aren't other you know film studios have, have tried to do this and dabbled in games and not i've not been as successful but warner brothers i think is one of the few that has really um managed to stand out but again the quality of the games um you know the the profile you know what it does for the company overall none of that seems to matter anymore than just at the end of the day the cold hearts the cold hard spreadsheet mm-hmm. all they care about now is what microsoft excel is telling them if the number at the bottom isn't good for them it's got to go and nothing else matters and it's it's pretty scary yeah 
Uh, again, continuing with more of the business talk, story number four, Embracer Group completes their acquisition of Square Enix's Western Studios. This is Ed Nightingale at Eurogamer. Embracer Group has now completed its acquisition of Square Enix's Western Studios, namely Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, and Square Enix Montreal. Back in May, Square Enix sold off its Western Studios and IP, including Tomb Raider and Deus Ex, to Embracer for just $300 million. Now, three months later, the acquisition has been completed, according to a press release from Embracer. It means Embracer now controls development studios Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, Square Enix Montreal, and a catalog of IPs including Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, Legacy of Kane, and more than 50 back catalog games. Gary, now that Embracer has full control over these studios, right? Again, Tomb Raider, Deus Ex, Thief, etc. Where do you stand with it? Like, is this one that makes you nervous? Because for me, after after like playing Saints Row and after seeing some of what Embracer's been been doing uh, recently, right, in terms of some of their game output, I'm like, man, I hope Crystal Dynamics is able to keep uh, levels of quality, right? Uh, at least from the Tomb Raider games, maybe not from Avengers. I mean, you know, it, it plays into what we were talking about earlier, right? About a handful of companies owning everything. And I, I mentioned earlier, Embracer almost seems like one of those companies. The difference between them and like Amazon and Apple and Google and, and, and Meta and, and Disney uh, and Microsoft is that nobody knows who the fuck these people are, seemingly. It, it embraces like fucking Lumon. It's just this like massive yeah. global corporation, but no one seems to understand who they are or what they do. And I was thinking about this yesterday, but if there's any like European kind of kind of funny best friends right now, they'll understand this. Embracer Group is kind of like the Barcelona FC of video games right now. They're just fucking spending ridiculous amounts of money and no one seems to understand where it's coming from. Like, are they just printing their own fucking money? Like this stuff costs a fortune, $300 million there, a billion dollars there. Sooner or later, that adds up to real money. The Lord of the Rings rights, what must do they cost? They guarantee they weren't fucking cheap. They would have cost a fortune. They're just splurging and splurging and splurging. And I want to, maybe someone's already written it, but like I need like Schreier or Klepek or, or, or Rebecca Valentine or someone out there to come do the deep dive on like, who the fuck are these people at Embracer? Like, is it real? Is it Skynet? I don't know what the fuck's going on. Who are these people? <laughs> I want to understand who they are, how they're capitalized, where this money comes from. Like, it's, 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 we just, it's, it's all so opaque. And I need, I, I would just want more clarity on exactly who they are and what they want because one day we're all going to wake up and we've all been fucking bought by Embracer. It will have been too late. Oh, 100%. You know? Yeah, we're we're like what a few years away from kind of funny being <laughs> embracer group. Uh, all of us is putting putting out just like you know, strong seven out of tens of podcasts out here. No, like I, I'm right there with you. I think it's fascinating, like embracer group acquiring everybody. I think it's scary at the same time. Um, and part of that is just consolidation in general. It's scary, and so seeing all these different studios, uh, all these different IP go under just a group of what like six big companies. That's terrifying to me. I think that stunts growth. I think that could stunt uh, creativity. That said, I assume that Crystal Dynamics and Idols Montreal are going to continue to operate just as they have. I can't imagine Embracer Group owning all this shit are going to have that much oversight as to what they're doing, what goes on with the next Tomb Raider. I think they're literally just there as a cool, here's some money, make your thing, make us more money. If you don't make us more money, then we'll have a talk maybe. But like, I, th I, I think that's where they're at as a, uh, as a, as a company slash publisher. And I do want to know an end goal because in ways that I feel like you can kind of pinpoint what the PlayStation strategy is, what the Nintendo strategy is, even what the Ubisoft strategy is, even though I think Ubisoft strategy is not working, I can kind of see what they're trying to do. Embracer, I think, are just coming at it with a shotgun approach of buy everything 
and hope it makes us money and i don't know if that works yeah i don't know, I don't know. it may it may it, it, it does it does make me it does make me worry when when act when microsoft bought bethesda and they bought activision i remember i remember thinking okay again consolidation and that's concerning in a kind of a macro way but at least it's being bought by a company that knows and understands games run by run by someone who likes and understands games and i feel like again although at the end of the day it is a big corporation and their job is to make money they understand that the way that they make money is by making good games and you know delighting their customers and just do and doing good stuff and it comes from they they've found a way to kind of make art and commerce coexist right you make money by doing what you love and i think that you know and a lot of the big gaming companies have been able to do that um you know we and, and we've seen where it starts to go wrong like we, we also have blizzard lost their way after activision which is just an avaricious money grabbing company bought them started saying we don't care what you just find ways to make more money, even if that means doing you know bad things. And we've seen other examples of that. I hate I struggle to use I, I hate to use another football example, but it's why Manchester United's in so much trouble right now because they're not owned by they're not owned by. Football <laughs> I love people. I love these soccer references. They're, they're so just much, they're, Gary. like Manchester United is not owned by people who love football. It's owned by a fucking bunch of American businessmen who bought it just so they could so just, just so they could offload debt from their their other business ventures onto it. And they saddled the club with a bunch of debt, and the club is now struggling because it's essentially just just another it's just another fucking thing. In their portfolio it's just another bunch of zeros and ones in their portfolio it's not run by people that love football and, and understand that mm -hmm. football is like a part of the community and it has actually has meaning to people in the same way that i worry that if embracer is just run by a bunch of you know fucking middle eastern businessmen or venture capitalism or whatever and it's just all about let's make money I always worry about that because it's not coming from a place of love. It's not coming from a place of authenticity. It's coming from a place of, well, what does the spreadsheet say? And I it's always backwards when you do it that way. And, and I worry a lot about um, being bought, like uh, companies like Embracer or, again, anyone that comes into it simply because they, they, they say, well, I, you know, my, my lawyers told me this is a good way to make money. And, you know, as opposed to, you know, I'm buying a game company because I, you know, I love video games. Maybe that's naive of me. Maybe it's childish of me to expect that that should, you know, continue to be a priority for business people at the top level. But I think it can be like, I, I know plenty of people that run big companies and, and are responsible for major corporations who do or, who are in that position because they genuinely love the medium. Right. Or, or, you know, like they, they, there is a difference between like as someone who buys a football club because they love that club or someone who buys it because, again, a bunch of lawyers and business advisors told them it's a good way to make money or it's a tax shelter or whatever. You, you see a clear difference in the day to day operations and, you know, the kind of games that companies put out and the kind of thing and the kind of results and the atmosphere that football clubs create um, uh, based on who's owning the who owns them and what their priorities are. Uh, two things, Gary. One, there's somebody who's a big soccer slash football fan that is listening to this episode and going, "This is oh, my yeah. favorite episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily." <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the football it. analogies, but, but, I, think, but also, I, think, I think they're good analogies, though. I think they're great analogies, and also, like, I've been for recently, I've been trying to think of the idea of the Kind of Funny Games Daily bingo card for the things that we always bring up, like you know how often I bring up Don Kong sixty four, or like now, now right. one of the one of the squares is going to be Gary makes a soccer. Gary reference. makes a football reference. Yeah, okay, one thousand percent. That's going to be one of the squares. Uh, let's round out the Rover Report with story number five. Bioshock on Netflix has a writer and director. This comes from uh, the Netflix Twitter where they tweeted out, Bioshock, our live action feature film adaptation of the renowned video game franchise, will be directed by Francis Lawrence, uh, who did I Am Legend, The Hunger Games, Catch Catching Fire, and Slumberland, uh, and from a script written by Michael Green, who did Logan, Blade Runner 2049, and American Gods. Gary, how excited does that get you for this Bioshock thing? I'm very excited. I think Francis Lawrence is a very good filmmaker. 
And but the thing that makes me most excited about it is Mike. I actually spoke to Mike yesterday. He's a good friend of mine. Michael Green is an extremely talented screenwriter. He's the coolest, Gary. Very, very nice guy. <laughs> very, very nice guy. I spoke to him about it briefly yesterday. He loves the game. He loves Bioshock. Um, uh, he, he actually said to me, "I'm playing with my kid right now. It's so cool. Like he's really into it. If anyone can crack it, it's it's Mike." Um, I, I remember the old version of it. I saw, I remember seeing some concept art from the Gore Verbinski version back in the day. They had to can it because it was too expensive. I'm really, really glad it's getting another go now with the, again, particularly with this creative team. Um, I think, I think, I think they're going to do a good job with it. There's a lot there. And I, and, and all of the, you know, all of the Ayn Randian influence, you know, no gods, no Kings, only men and all that stuff um is if anything that's more relevant today than it than it ever oh yeah i think it's it's definitely rife for commentary and picking apart and uh exploration uh today especially and yeah this is what this is one that has shot up the list of the movie slash uh tv adaptations that i'm excited about you know i think at the top of the list right now is probably last of us um and also fucking uh uh twisted metal on peacock is up there too right below that is bioshock now i think bioshock uh with with this lineup i think is gonna be a banger at least hopefully fingers crossed yeah I've, i'm very I'm, i i i think that, that there's always been great potential for a movie oh sonic there, 3 you know? sorry everybody sonic 3 is number one. Oh, of course of course yeah um, you know, because it's established, right? Two bangers in a row. How can they not get the third one? Right? Exactly. I mean, there's still, I guess, question mark over Jim Carrey and how they do it without him. If, if that's oh, they what got they that end new up. villain. It's going to be sick. Well, I don't know. Is Shadow the Hedgehog really going to really oh, yes. be? Yeah, Shadow the Hedgehog is going to shut things down, especially if they get the right Robot, but Jim Carrey, here's the thing. I mean, we, we've all had this conversation, but I remember going to see the first Sonic the movie. I saw it with the kind of funny guys at a press screening. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know too much about it. I knew that Jim Carrey was playing Robotnik. And I remember coming in thinking, I don't know, Jim Carrey is Robotnik. I feel like this could be a bit much. And by the end, of course, I was totally sold. Like, he's the best thing in the movie, and he's brilliant. I thought he was so funny. And and if anything, he's even better in the second one. And it's like, he's such a part of the DNA of why those movies, he's not the only reason why those movies are good, but he's a big part of it. I worry a little bit, because he said, right, he's probably not coming back, you know, if if the third one will, will suffer a little bit without him. But we'll see. Well, I think they just got to get a banger actor. To, to play Shadow the Hedgehog, right? Give me, give me fucking Keanu Reeves, Steve Harvey. <laughs> give me Steve Harvey to play Shadow Shadow the Hedgehog. I do think there will be something sorely missed with Jim Carrey being not in, seemingly not in Sonic Three, right? Like I think they'll have to find some character to fill in the the gaps of humor that's going to be missing now that Steve, that Jim Carrey's gone. Uh, and I think you'll, I think we'll find that, right? I think you can find some other actor. Maybe you get the, they get Big the Cat in there and, and get Ooh. somebody says Danny DeVito get Danny DeVito to play Big the Cat no Danny DeVito is Shadow the Hedgehog so we need okay, to start blasting you know like that perfect oh, perfect when, when you put it like that when you put it like that that does make sense <laughs> that does make sense I mean Gary is there anybody that could play Shadow the Hedgehog for you that would that I would mean make that I worry about it a little bit because it's just the voice I don't think you can replace I, I don't think anything they do is going to fill the, the the size of the gap that Jim Carrey as Robotnik is going to leave if, if indeed he doesn't come back. I still think there's a chance that they back the money truck and he comes back one more time, or at least in a smaller role, like you can shoot a couple of days, get in and out, and at least there's some of that energy in there. I mean, I was I remember when they cast Idris Elba as as um, Knuckles, I was like, ah, eh, how good is this going to be? But he actually was great in it, right? Like you could tell it was Idris Elba, but he was also kind of like it, he wasn't just being Idris Elba; like he leaned into the character, and I thought it was really really funny. Um, I don't know. There's a lot you can do with a voice, but I feel like, you know, the fact that Jim Carrey was a live character and, you know, just the mm-hmm. way that he kind of chewed up the scenery, I think it's going to be very, very hard to, to fill that gap. Give me, give, give me Adam Driver 
as Shadow the Hedgehog, oh. and he's just he's just doing um, <laughs> what's his name, fucking from Star Wars, Ky- Kylo, Kylo Ren. Yeah, yeah, he's Kylo just Ren. doing Kylo Ren the whole time, right? Give me pissed off Shadow the Hedgehog <laughs> as just fucking Adam Driver. I think that would be fantastic. Werner Herzog. Oh, let's like, go all out. Yeah, give me um, <laughs> what's his name, Gus from Breaking Bad. Get me him. Oh, um, why, um, Giancarlo Esposito. Giancarlo Esposito as Shadow the Hedgehog. Just give me. No, actually, I want him. Now I want him as big. <laughs> actually, I just want him as him. Get me just Giancarlo as a real human uh, He's just person. In it. He's, just, He's in just in it. Like maybe give him a human character, or he can just play Giancarlo, or he can play Gus. I don't really don't. I really don't care. I think he would help fill in the the gaps that we're losing from Jim Carrey. Uh, Gary, I can't wait to see who they cast as Shadow the Hedgehog in the next Sonic movie. But us hearing about that casting is just so far away. If I want to know what's coming out to Mom and Grop Shops today, where would I look? The official list of upcoming software as listed by the kind of fun. No, sorry. Wait, let me start again. I fucked up. It's been a while. Because if, if, if I don't come, no, if I don't come on every week, I start to get rusty. This is you're going to start to see my performance dropping because you're not you're not playing me every week. If you're going to fucking put me on the bench and only have me pinch hit, this this kind of thing's going to happen. I'm just telling you. The official Fair. list of upcoming software on each and every platform as listed by the kind of funny games daily show hosts each and every weekday. Now, who you have Giancarlo play is the leader of the GUN, right? The new the new organization that they introduced in Sonic 2. It's uh, not new right, games, of course. But, you know, you have him be like the buttoned up fucking yeah, giving out those giving that. out those Olive Garden gift cards. Yeah, ex- exactly. Oh my god. Want. That would be fire. That would be fire. Out today, we got Pac-Man World Repack for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Soul Hackers 2 for PS5, Xbox Series X, PS4, Xbox One, and PC. NHRA, Speed for All, for everything. Nintendo Switch OLED model, the Splatoon 3 edition, is out Ooh. today. Uh, Overloop is out to, for PC. Uh, Brock the Investigator <laughs> is out for PC, which I assume that's going to be an alligator named Brock, who also investigates things. The Company Man is out today for PS4, PS5, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. And then the Forever Story album by Jid is out today. Usually we don't do music albums, but it's my my show, damn it. (laughs) And uh, listen, y'all should go listen to the Forever album by J.I.D. Uh, It's incredible. Uh, New dates for you. Dead by Daylight's Resident Evil Project W update comes out on September 30th. And then uh, Nobody Saves the World Frozen Hearth DLC. Or Hearth? Hearth? Hearthstone? Hearthstone? Hearth. Uh, that's that has been announced and that is releasing on September 13th. We got one deal of the day for you. Uh, the Sackboy A Big Adventures dog costume DLC is free right now on the US uh, PSN. So if you're playing some uh, some of that little big planet Sackboy Big Adventure and you want that dog costume, boom, there you go. Go grab it for free. Now it's time for kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong, where you write in and let us know what we got wrong as we got it wrong so we can correct it for those watching later on YouTube and listening later on podcast services around the globe. Uh, people are writing in about pinch hitters. I'll, I'll, I'll bring this in from Bander SN. Uh, pinch hitters are often used to sub in for a pitcher or a weaker hitter for a single at bat. Oftentimes they're used. Uh, oftentimes they're used is when a, I'm reading verbatim is used is when a left-handed pitcher uh, has a statistical advantage against your batter. You might throw in an opposite-handed batter or vice versa. Uh, it's just to get a slightly better advantage in a key at bat. I mean, uh, that's pin- basically what we said, right? You bring in a pinch hitter for whatever's best tactically in that uh, matchup. Uh, in that they situation. were just like they were expounding on what I yeah. had said, which was okay. very surface level, uh, trying to talk about baseball off the cuff because I don't regularly. Talk but about I mean, if, if we enough. if we had a section called "You were right," but here's some more information. Fine, yeah. but well, we we weren't wrong. 
That's true. Uh, That's true. But but, uh, you know what? It it kind of is a you're wrong because you two are like, ah, baseball is boring. But it's just like more uh, proof of just like the advanced uh, thought process behind baseball, you know, and you guys just want to like brush it off, you know. Uh, Kebab says uh, Daft Punk is playing at my house was in Burnout Revenge. It was also in FIFA 06. Forza Motorsport 2 and two DDR games from 2009. I think it might have been in, S- in I mean, SSX Tricky got, as well. You got me there. On tour. You got, everybody knows that the fucking key to success and a number one hit is being in Burnout Revenge. It's in so many games. I'm genuinely surprised that uh, you haven't heard it, Blessing. Go uh, go pop it go pop it on your uh, on your <laughs> i on your i on your iPod or whatever it is you listen to your to your. Uh, I got, your music I got on. a smartphone. I got Spotify. Is Daft yeah, Punk you, on there? Did they, no, they have enough money to get sound, an account? LCD sound system. Daft Punk is playing at my house. And get mm. the uh and get the Chibuya's uh remix, because that's the that's the one you want. Gotcha. Uh missed out today. This comes from Nano. Uh Kingdom Hearts Dark Road offline mode uh, is out today with no microtransactions uh, and finishes the story of the two-year mobile game. So there you go. If you're one of one of those Kingdom Hearts God. fans. I, I and I imagine I'm gonna that. have to play that one to understand Kingdom Hearts four, you know, bless. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I'll, you got to play all the mobile games to really understand what it means to be heartless and to be one of those nobodies, right? And to what, who Roxas is, you got to play those mobile games. Spirit, trust me, they're important. Uh, next week's hosts. Uh, next week's hosts for God of Funny Games Daily uh, on Monday. Greg and Tim. Tuesday, uh, it's Greg and me. Wednesday, me and Greg. Thursday, Greg and Tim. Then on Friday, it is Tim and me. You're getting a heavy uh, Greg week. Oh, I'm off next week. week. There you go. Yeah, you're taking a week off. All right. Uh, If you're watching this live on Twitch, after this, of course, is a -a streamathon on Twitch, starting with some hot drops in Warzone. If you want to catch that stream later, you can subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny plays. Remember, this has been kind of funny games daily. Each and every weekday live right here on twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. We run you through the nerdy news you need to know about. Uh, Today, we don't have a Patreon post show because of that subathon stream. So stay tuned for that. Otherwise, until next time, game daily.